This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield are killed. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come true when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Turtle Boy Podcast, but uh, this week things are a little bit different. Um, my co-host Luke couldn't make it this week, uh, he's got some other uh, personal business going on, so uh, I thought I'd take this opportunity to do the much-anticipated third episode of uh, Operation Rebirth, a Captain America podcast. Um Last year, I dropped a couple episodes where just a, a solo show, just me going through the old Captain America back issues from... Uh, when I first started reading uh, comics, which was Captain America was the first book I bought. I know people who have listened before have heard this before, but in case there's any new listeners, um, I was 13 when I first picked up my first uh, comic book, and it was uh, Captain America 365. Um, so the first two episodes of Operation Rebirth are 365 and 366, and now we're on to 367. So uh, first thing first, this episode... Again, because I'm at home with the kids, uh, sleeping on the couch and whatnot, uh, this episode is brought to you by Orange Juice and Soda Water. Incredibly refreshing on these summer days here in Australia. Um, so yeah, let's get into it, hey? So uh, Captain America 365, straight away. Okay, we'll take you back to 1989. Actually, I think this would have broken into 1990. Um, when I picked this one up, Australia was always just a couple of months behind, um, America's release schedule. Um, and you've got to remember, I haven't read at this point, I haven't read many comics. I'm 13 years old and I, uh, I've just been introduced into the incredible world of superheroes and supervillains. Um, I don't really know yet who Captain America is. I don't really know who the Red Skull is, and I've got no idea who Magneto is. And this beautiful cover, bright yellow with Magneto, his face shaded. You can just see his eyes and teeth looking out from under his helmet with an evil grin as he steps on the Red Skull's head. Captain America 367, Cap's greatest foe, the Red Skull, defeated by Magneto? <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that just would, you know, I'd just eat this shit up, man. Um, and this is the teasers you want on a cover. You know, so many covers you get that just throw away. Look, even even the first comic I ever did was a big throwaway to the... It gave away the, the hook of the story um, because I thought, being a new uh, creator, that uh, no one was going to, uh, you know, get get my book without knowing what the, the, the enticing hook was. Um, but anyway, more on that later. So... Captain America 367. Credits, Grunwald, Dwyer, Bulanadi, Morelli, uh, and look, I, I struggled with this name last time, same, Busolato, Busolato, Macchio, DeFalco, they do it again. So that's what it is. Grunwald, Dwyer, Bulanadi, Bull, and <laughs> okay, last time, third time's a charm. Grunwald, Dwyer, Bulanadi, Morelli, Busolato, Macchio, DeFalco, do it again. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> this uh, opens with another beautiful splash page. And again, I always thought these Dwyer issues were actually Ron Lim um, because, you know, Ron Lim was the artist that um, did most of the run, most of the first run of Captain America that I followed. And for some reason, I just assumed that it was all Ron Lim. But it, going back and reading them now, I'm actually very surprised to find that... Um, you know, a few of them were actually by Dwyer instead. So what we've got here is a magnetic repulsion in the Avengers headquarters. Um, Submariner, he, he seems to be on a rampage. He's taking a swing at uh, at both Captain America and Hank Pym. He's, <laughs> he says. And then the next page, you know, Cap's saying, hey, give him some space. Dude's disoriented. We need to, uh, you know... Give him space, let him, let him recover. And, um, you know, Captain America comes up on Namor and he's just like, oh, it's the Captain, hey, what's happened? And um, Captain America explains that the last issue, and um, you can always go back and uh, track down the first two issues of this, um, but in the last issue, the controller ambushed him and put a metal con up there. A punk named the controller ambushed you and put you under his mental control. See issue 365, the very first issue I ever read. Um, and they talk about, you know, Hank Pym managed to get the uh, control disc off the back of um, back of Namor, back of yeah, the back of Namor's neck. And uh, Namor says, okay, well, look, I remember some mysterious figure under the ocean coming and telling me to... Uh, Join a team of supervillains. And he goes on to say he must have mistook me for a villain. And, you know, back then I didn't know who Submariner was. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. But now I'm like, well, you know, Submariner, you know, the history that I know of you is uh, you've set yourself up as a villain a fair bit. So you can't really blame this guy for assuming that you're a villain when you've done a lot of badass shit, you know. But um, anyway, Submariner's like, I'll go back to where I ran into this guy under the ocean and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do find out about um, what his plans are with Dr. Doom and the Red Skull and um, yeah next thing we're back in Washington DC at the Smith building and it starts with um, Crossbones is chatting up the secretary Red Skull's secretary and we go to cut to the red skull and he's there having a think trying to just figure out what's really going on in the last couple of weeks uh last couple of issues you know he's contemplating dr doom the wizard the kingpin the mandarin and magneto and um you know the identity of this crazy all-powerful character that um has recruited them all uh, but before before he can finish the thought the walls start to crack around him and then crack Crab boom! I love onomatopoeia. Freaking love it. And then Magneto, with his face shaded, just busts through the wall and skull. We must talk. And then it cuts back to Captain America's now flying around in a, a, an Avengers Quinjet or, an, or a Captain America Quinjet or something. Um, and he's just thinking to himself that he didn't think the Red Skull was currently alive. You know, the last time he encountered the Red Skull was some time ago and... Um, yeah, you know, now he's heading to Washington D.C. to see if he can find Captain uh, finds Red Skull and uh, follow a lead. 
And then we cut back to the office where Magneto and the Red Skull are face-to-face. And um, the Red Skull's security devices all start to come out. But Magneto, master of metal, just smashes them all with a thought. It's really interesting because I find, um, you know, none of, in the three issues that I had read up to this point, none of the Red Skull's uh, security devices have worked against the mysterious character in 365. And now against Magneto, it's just like, Red Skull, you're sinking so much money into this place. And uh, yeah, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. You're not protected. Uh, Now, this is when people say they don't like politics in their comic books. They say this, the the current sus, the current social justice warriors are feeding politics into their comic books, and they just want to go back to the days when comic books were just fun. Man, my understanding is that there's been politics through comic books from day one, you know, and it's definitely been there from day one since I've been reading 1989, because now we have a big uh, actual discussion between Magneto and the Red Skull about their political stances and whatnot. And Magneto's like, hey, Red Skull, are you the same Red Skull in World War II who worked for Hitler? And Red Skull's like, yes, I am. This is my second body, but yes, that was me. And he's like, Magneto's like, look, my family and I were tortured by you people. My family died. I swore to get revenge against you, you know. Um, He says, but I need to determine that you're the person you know, even though you may not be the person who actually killed my family, you were working for a monster. You know, so you just as just as uh, what's the word? Just as um, responsible. And then Red Skull security team busts in, and then Magneto just with a wave of hand takes care of them. Then Red Skull goes on to say, "Well." I think we're very much like me and you. That yeah, for sure. For sure you know your family's um, Jewish, and yeah, you've worked through mission camps. But you know, weren't you the one that sunk a, a submarine a few years ago and killed two hundred people? You know, aren't you you know fighting um, to make your race superior? You know, and it's actually when you do think about it, you know, we always do hold Magneto up to be a kind of. Um, anti-hero um where he you know what he's doing he's doing for the right reasons but he um yeah you know but um you know he's overtaken by hate or whatever but he's got the right motivations but um look who's to say you know it's 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 a discussion worth having um you know when a nazi you know can hold up a mirror and say hey we're just 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 alike you know um and I'm not saying Red Skull's 100% correct here, but it's definitely food for thought, you know. Um, and so anyway, the the Red Skull throws up a plastic bubble around Magneto and he does a runner. He legs it. And he says to himself, I don't know how long that bubble's going to hold Magneto, but then again, I don't know the length of Magneto, Magneto's powers, so I'm out. And um, he jumps in the elevator, gives Magneto one last Hail Hitler salute, and then off he goes. Before long, Magneto does manage to smash out of the plastic bubble and he goes to the elevator tube, but um, Red Skull's gone. Um, And then at that point, the controller comes up behind him 
and he's about to put a controller disc on the back of Magneto. Now, can you imagine the controller with Magneto's powers? Mm-mm-mm. Very next page, Magneto has used his magnetic powers to have um, to see controller faceplant into the wall. But trash. <laughs> Again, onomatopoeia. Love it. Um, then we cut to... Um, then we kept cut to Captain America, who's flying through Washington, and he sees that the building, that um, the Smith building, has a big hole in the side with a door in it, a floating door, and he jumps down, finds himself face to face with Controller again, and they start fighting. Controller says, "You again? I thought." And Captain America hits him in the belly and says, "I thought must have been a novel experience." Raced. <laughs> Fuck, I can't even tell jokes probably. A thought must have been a novel experience. Roast mode engaged. <laughs> then we cut to Magneto, who's who's flown down the elevator hatch and he's looking for the Red Skull and he's ambushed by a giant robot. And they start battling and it shows Red Skull's leg in it and you can hear the battle happening behind him. We cut back to um, upstairs in the office and Controller and Captain America fighting and we see Crossbones has a bit of a look in and you can see that they're uh, tussling and he says, look, I'd like to get in there with a few good licks, but apparently um, in issue 364, Red Skull gave me a real tongue lashing for stepping up and fighting Cap when I wasn't supposed to, so I'm out. At that point, Cap does a maneuver and flicks the controller towards the hole in the wall and didn't mean to um you know nearly nearly kill the controller but uh controller climbs back in and they fight some more blah 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 and then as controller comes down with his finishing blow with these killing blows you shall be okay <clears throat> with these killing blows you shall be forever under control Ooh bad boy but then cap switches in a quick second and just clumps the controller disc to the controller's own head um and it passes him out passes controller out and captain america's like it worked attaching the control disc sorry and to do captain america accent it worked attaching the control disc we removed from the namor yeah it worked Attaching the control disc we removed from Namor to the controller's own head caused some sort of feedback loop as he tries to leech off his own power. Well, controller, you better learn to control yourself. <laughs> Sorry, Cap, but roast mode was engaged earlier, but that wasn't much roast mode right there. Um, then we got uh, we cut back down where Magneto is ripping this giant robot to pieces. Um he starts to say, oh, I think the Red Skull's got a bit of a fetish for all these robots. And with a wave of his hand, he rips a metal door off its hinges and he's encountered by 10 Red Skulls, all with guns, and they start shooting at him. And they say, you'll never guess, get, you'll never guess which one of us Red Skulls is the um, real one before we kill you. And he says, I don't need to guess. I know. And then with a wave of his hand, rips all those robots to pieces. None of you are the skull. Then he sees a, an escape route, a railway, an underground railway, and Magneto starts to follow it. He says, ah, but the tracks are made of metal, and he starts to rip them out of the ground. And then we see far ahead um, the getaway car, which is riding on the rails, 
and um, Red Skull is like, you know, the, the rails are getting pulled out from under him. And Red Skull is like, Voss. Um, then we cut to Namor, who's back in the sea near where he encountered the mysterious character who's recruiting all the villains. And um, he can't find any trace of him. Um, I find that interesting. Uh, why would you? I wonder if Grunwald had a plan there, but uh, it just seems odd to send him back there just to find a dead end and then you don't see Namor again for the rest of the story, you know? Anyway, but at this point, Cap has gone down the elevator hatch and he's under the building following Magneto. And he's just seeing this wake of destruction. He sees the giant um, sleeper robot that Magneto ripped to pieces. It's, then he sees all the Red Skull robots that are ripped to pieces. Then he hears a big crunch sound. And he's running down the, um, the railway. And he sees the the getaway car all smashed to pieces and he's like blood but no sign of any body what went on here where is the skull and who was he fighting now the next page the final page of this part of the story we got uh darkness pitch black and then a light in the darkness and then we see magneto is holding a torch and he said i should kill you and be done with it but that would reduce me to the level of a common killer. Make me no better than you. And I am better than you, Nazi. And we see Red Skull with his shirt torn, shading his eyes from the garish light as he leans against the, uh, a, a brick cinder block wall. Magneto continues, I have placed you in solitary confinement. You are in a former fallout shelter some 20 feet underground. That is the one escape hatch with the ladder removed from the room, stripped bare, where there is no way for you to reach it. I don't know if I said that right, but yeah, the ladder's gone, so there's no way you can get out with the hatch in the ceiling. Um, Magneto has left him 10 gallons of water, and he says, I've stripped you of all homing transmitters. So using his magnetic powers, he's obviously given him a bit of a, bit of a search and uh, ripped out all the... Uh, you know, electronics and what whatnot. He says, down here there is no light, no food, no amenities, no companionship, just water and air. I want you to sit down here and think of the horrors you have perpetrated. I want you to suffer as you've made others suffer. And I want you to wish I had killed you. I take my leave of you, skull. Now, these last three panels are friggin' beautiful, which just indicate, you know, Magneto with his torch... You know, flying through the hole in the roof and taking off and the room just getting dark and dropping to pitch black. Man, I, I, I love the way, you know, the skull, he's all lit up, then it's half dark, and then the third panel is just black, and it says, next, the long dark. All right, we're going to take a break right here, guys. Um, we have some a few sponsor messages coming up, and um, we'll get onto the backup story as soon as we're done. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. 
Hello, Turtle Boy podcast listeners. This is Frank Forte, creator of The Vampire vs. Blood Rites, live on Kickstarter. The Vampire vs. is a story about Angelica, an exotic dancer in the New York City club scene who is unwittingly turned into a creature of the night. As she tries to make sense of what she has become, she learns of a bloody vampire war that is being fought under the streets of New York City. Slowly, the truth unfolds as she begins to realize she is the key part of an ancient scrolled prophecy known as the Vampire Versus. If you're a fan of Lady Death, Chaos Comics, or Heavy Metal, then you should check out The Vampire Versus Blood Rights on Kickstarter today. The Sensational Swan is now live on Kickstarter in the Comics Anthology section. Check out three brand new stories and a handful of pinups that give the characters seemingly rich history of comics over the years, without being bogged down by actual continuity. I'm Swan's creator, Randy Stone. And I can't wait to share the project with you. Hey, Tim, this is Drew Morrison. I'm launching the third issue of Broken Land next Tuesday. It's about a strange little creature named Miso who's navigating through a tough city and trying to figure out where all the pollution is going. You can see a free preview of the first issue at BrokenLandComics.com. How good is the last Ronin, by the way? This is a Turtle Boy podcast. All right. Welcome back to Turtle Boy Podcast, Operation Rebirth. Um, Drew, yes, um, the last Ronin. As I've mentioned earlier, our lips are sealed <laughs> for now. Uh, Luke and I, my usual co-host, we will be covering uh, the last Ronin. As soon as the final issue drops, we'll start with the first issue. We want to give everyone a chance to uh, have a bit of a read of it before we review uh, review that series. Um, yeah, so we don't want to cause any spoilers, but look, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, look, the other thing I've neglected to bring up is that um, instead of... Uh, recording the podcast this week through GarageBand and and doing all that sort of editing and whatnot. I'm actually trying with um, Anchor FM, who hosts my podcast. They've got a, a an app set up where you can record straight into straight into the app, and so um, I'm hoping this all balances well um, with the ads and the the tags and the the recording. Um, uh, but we will see. So apologies in advance if it doesn't quite feel right. Um, I'll have a listen to it um, once I've uh, once I've launched and um, <coughs> excuse me and um, we'll decide if I ever do it this way again. I think it's just easier to do it this way when I'm doing my solo podcasts. Um, but when when I'm working with Luke, um, I think it's yeah we will do the Garage Band way. Um, Anyway, let's get into it. Now, the backup story of Captain America 367 is the third part of uh, the story where we're talking about the King Cobra. And um, as we've mentioned again, you can hunt down the previous two episodes of Captain America through this um, this podcast's feed. Um, but yes, King Cobra, uh, what's the word, uh, trapped by fear, is... Um, has finally decided to take on his old criminal partner, Dr. Hyde, Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde. What's his name? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde. Yes. He's, he's finally decided to take on Hyde. And, um, last two issues, he set up the, um, he set up the plan and all this sort of stuff. And, but now 
bada bing, bada boom. This is the third chapter, the final chapter of King Cobra getting revenge against Mr. Hyde. Um, see, and again, the beauty of a well-done comic book, and as I've said before, Stan Lee always said, every issue is someone's first issue. Make it accessible. And like even in the case of this being Captain America's um, backup story, again, they've got a little blurb here to bring you up to speed, let you know everything you need to know. So if you don't want to read the earlier issues, that's fine. For all means, go do it. That's why the editor notes are in there to say, you know, go check this issue out. But if not, you've got everything you need. Now, this is... Um, yeah, the caption there. It says, uh, once they were partners, but when the Cobra broke out of prison without freeing Mr. Hyde, the brutish berserker swore vengeance. Ever since, the Cobra has lived in fear that Hyde would make good on his vow. But now, after summoning the courage to beard the villain in his own lair, the tables have turned. Now, beard the villain. I double-checked that, and that's what it says, but it's not a phrase that I've really recognized before, even having read this, uh, this comic 25 plus years ago um yeah it's not a phase i'm used to uh, not a phrase i'm used to now this this story is brought to us by grunwald bagley hudson on inks morelli on letters and yomtov on colors um yeah and as i said last time as well you know i, I remembered all these back issue um the backup stories being done by bagley but um it's good to actually see he's finally it finally is Bagley. Your memory, man. You can't rely on your memory. Um, it's funny, man. I've got like a. I've almost got a photographic memory of the covers of every comic that I've uh, I've bought. Um, I've got uh, you know memories of you know some of these issues of Captain America where the coloring is wrong, where they've um, accidentally colored the white the white part of his uh, of his arm red. I actually think that's in the next issue of um, Captain America or the, or the issue after. It's coming up very soon. You know, I, I sort of remember these things, but it's funny that I've remembered whole issues being drawn by people who they weren't drawn by. It's just, that's just really fascinating to me, man. It, it, you know, being a big fan of these comics back in the day, but just remembering them as pretty much completely different comics. Um, okay, so straight away we've got... Mr. Hyde has got King Cobra by the neck and um, he's clutching at his own throat. And before long, you know, King Cobra actually says, you know, you're going to want to uh, get that, uh, get the antidote from me because that poison I spat in your mouth, time's running out. Um, and then I thought it interesting that he, he almost word for word says what the last part of the last issue was, um, where he says, you know, you're going to spend your last minutes you know, mangling me or, look, you know, looking where I hid the antidote or pleading for your life. Um, it, and it's great, really, man, that, that one page, the splash page there, it tells you everything you need to know at this point. These two used to be partners. One of them escaped from jail. The other one's pissed at him. Previous to this, the little guys spat poison in the big guy's mouth. Now the big guy's going to die unless he uh unless the little guy helps him out that's all you need to know good stuff um 
Then eventually, um, Mr. Hyde just drops King Cobra and he's just like, all right, you know, I don't want to die. Let's do this. And I actually love that, that second panel on this page, <clears throat> the shading of it. Um, although Mr. Hyde is so much bigger and, and tougher than King Cobra, the, the shading of it, the shadow covering most of, um, Mr. Hyde, it just, it just makes him just look so hopeless. Um, it's just amazing, you know, like it, it's the shading, it's the shadow on it. It's not even, you know, you, you see later on the page, you've got Mr. Hyde sweating from fear of dying. But in that panel, in that one, yeah, the, the second panel on this page, he's just, uh, he just looks so freaking good. Um, and hopeless is what I'm saying, you know. Um, so he lets King Cobra go. Mr. Hyde lets King Cobra go. And King Cobra just has to gloat more. He says, look, look, I, I don't want to die. You know, I'd rather live, even if it means letting you live. Give me the antidote. And then King Cobra's like, oh, I'm not convinced you want it bad enough. It's like, you son of a bitch. And then the, so Mr. Hyde's like, come on, you know, starts begging and whatnot. I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting dizzy. King Cobra's like, what's in it for me? If I let you live, how do I know you're not going to start harassing me again? And and Mr. Hyde drops to his knees and just starts begging, look, I promise on my mother's grave, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, time's running out and King Cobra just grins at him and then backhands him. It's like, oh man, you're uh, adding insult to injury here. Um, and then, um, yeah, then King Cobra gets out the antidote and throws it to uh, Mr. Hyde and Mr. Hyde's like, glick, 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 drinks the antidote and he's like, oh, it tastes awful. And then he passes out. And then in great superhero monologue fashion, uh, King Cobra walks away and says, oh, well, it tastes terrible because it's actually a really powerful uh, sedative. He says, and uh, the taste in your mouth of the poison is actually just, <laughs> that was just nervous spit. I um, I never poisoned you at all. So, oh, it's mind games. Um, then King Cobra leaves the, the, the Mr. Hyde's hideout jumps in his cobra jet and takes off he um and on his way he calls the police and says hey i'm an innocent i'm a, a innocent civilian and i know i think i saw mr hyde go blah 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 and he sends the cops to take mr hyde while he's unconscious he really is a sneaky snake this king cobra um then he goes back to the uh serpent society headquarters in the south bronx and as he's walking back in uh bushwhacker is that his name? Da, 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 da. Yeah, Bushmaster. <laughs> Bushmaster, not the not the Moon Knight villain Bushmaster, the Serpent Society Bushmaster. Um, he's like, ah, oh, Cobra, you're back. Great stuff. You know, I was getting a bit worried. Oh, look, we had to bail out Coach Whip um, and the Asp after they got in a little trouble. But, hey, I've, apart from that, I've kept everything under control, so we're all good, mate. And then uh, Serpent, uh, Serpent Society, King Cobra is just like, you know, have the whole gang. I need the whole gang assembled. Um, what is it? Noon tomorrow. I, I need the whole gang assembled noon tomorrow, uh, Bushmaster. We need to, till then, I don't want to be disturbed. And Bushmaster's like, oh, something's different about the boss here. So we cut to noon tomorrow. And uh, the whole Serpent Society is in the uh, the equivalent to the uh, the Avengers, the Avengers 
what do you call it, the Avengers table that's got space for Avengers and, you know, the Justice League's got a table. So the Serpent Society's got an equivalent. And you've got all the, um, yeah, all the other uh, Serpent Society characters all together just waiting for him to come. And next thing he walks through the door, King Cobra, and he looks, looks as badass as ever. And he says, uh, he basically comes in, he gives this speech. And I'll read it out for you. My fellow serpents, since Sidewinder appointed me his replacement, I have been doing a less than spectacular job leading the Serpent Society. Despite the fact that I was the first among us to assume the guise of the snake, I have never earned the fear and respect that felons no stronger or brighter than I managed to acquire, and that is about to change. The cobra you knew has shed his skin and be and been reborn. Henceforth, you will call me King Cobra, and I vow to lead you to the heights of infamy beyond your wildest imaginations. The end for now. Bum, bum, bum. And that is it. That's it for the um for this issue. Now we it's the funny thing is, you know, we don't really see much more of the um, Serpent Society for another, like, ten issues, you know. And, um, but, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if King Cobra will ever take them to the heights that uh, he believes they deserve. <laughs> so, hey, guys, look, that's it for today. Um, sorry if I'm a bit rusty. It's been a long time since I've done a solo podcast again, and uh, but I'm really enjoying it. I would like to try and find the time to do a, do some more of these solo Captain America ones. Um yeah, just it's 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 really fun to revisit these old issues, you know, the very first ones that I ever read back in the day. Um, I'm really I'm really enjoying them. They're good fun. Um, so listen, uh, that's it for today. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Big Tim Styles. Um, look, I'm even <laughs> I'm even trying TikTok this day these days at Big Tim Styles um, on basically any social media. Look up at Big Tim Styles. If 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 it's there, it's me. If it's not there, I'm not on that social media. So uh, yeah, guys. Um, look, I really hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. Um, next week, Luke should be back, and we'll be back into Ninja Turtles. Um, but for now, if you wouldn't mind, just whatever app you're listening on, um, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whether it's an app catcher. Um, please just leave us a review. Give us a five-star review there so other people can find our podcast. And, um, you know, yeah, we'd like to get out to a... Always like to get out to a bigger audience. So, uh, yeah, do that. Um, and we'll leave it at that, guys. So thanks for listening and be good to each other. This was a Turtle Boy podcast.